Hello, summoners, and welcome to Phaeology, the study of Fire Emblem heroes. This is Grepstein, an all-beer phaeologist today. And joining me today for the very first time, I am very excited to record an episode of Phaeology with a man who knows a lot more Fire Emblem lore than I probably ever will. And that would be YX. YX, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing fine. <laughs> it's great to have you with me. I you know you've done a couple episodes with Phil, and I've been jealous of uh, him getting all of your time on this show, so I'm glad to have you on the show with me. Yeah, it's, it's good to be here. So this uh, today we're going to be recording an episode about Grand Conquests, and YX had this great idea about coming with a guide for Grand Conquests and helping our listeners figure out some of the best ways to get the most from this game mode, since it's something that we've had around for a little while now. Uh, I think uh, we have a, a new Grand Conquest coming in just a few hours. And so that will be, it's tomorrow in the United States, but YX in Singapore, I know that's just a couple hours away for you. Yeah, it's today for me. <laughs> yep, so you're already there. You're already to Wednesday. You beat us there again. Yes. So this is the sixth time that we've had Grand Conquests, and you know they've changed up the game mode a little bit, and that seems to be the case this time as well. And we'll get into some of those changes a little bit later on in the episode. But we wanted to take you through and talk about some strategy for Grand Conquests now that YX and I have had a chance to play this game mode several times. And uh, I think that we've learned quite a bit about how to do well in this game mode and get as much out of it as possible. So uh, just a little bit about Grand Conquests. Uh, you know, most of you probably already know this since you've probably played Grand Conquest the last few times. But this is a game mode where there's kind of like this overworld structure where there are three different teams. And so far, it's always been uh, Alphonse, Sharena, and Anna. And they each have a headquarters on this map. And there, in, in addition to the headquarters, there are 27 uh, locations on the map to duke it out for to try to conquer from each other. And by conquering more of these spaces in battle, then you earn more rewards. And the rewards are mainly feathers, but there are some refining stones. And I think there might be some shards and crystals uh, and some other things like that, but maybe some arena medals. Uh, oh, the most useful currency. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole bunch of different things <laughs> that you can earn through this. A lot of it's kind of worthless, but uh, I'm always excited when we have a chance to get some refining stones. It's, it's nice to get those in this game mode. Yeah, that's true, that's true. So we, we get 30 refining stones if you get high up enough, if you score high enough, up enough uh, individually and you get a bunch of fetters if your team does well. And of course, there's this overworld structure where you see the map changing every couple hours uh, for two days, and there's three battles kind of back to back, each taking up two days uh, for each one. And you get placed with hundreds of other people who are playing Fire Emblem Heroes on your team, and you're battling against two other teams. So it's kind of cool to have a, a game mode that gets us able to interact with other players in, in Fire Emblem. And it's also really cool to use friends' uh, units, the lead units that they set. It's one of the few game modes where you can do that. So it is very cool to do that. 
And of course, there's the game mode itself, which is essentially rival domains. There's uh, the only difference between Grand Conquests, the actual structure of the game itself, and rival domains is units don't actually give you points in Grand Conquests, but there are different bonus units, different movement types in Grand Conquests that might get either additional movement or stat bonuses or follow-up attacks or things like that. So that's just a little bit about Grand Conquests. I'm sure most listeners are already well acquainted with Grand Conquests and how the game mode works. So we're going to talk a little bit about strategy and how we can do well in X. What do you think of Grand Conquest just as a game mode in general now that we've had it around a couple times? Do you like this game mode or do you, does it leave you wanting more? What, what do you think about Grand Conquests? Yeah, I, I actually really enjoy Grand Conquest. I think it's very, very challenging, especially on Inferno Plus mode. And I think it is probably my favorite event. Wow, okay. And has it always been your favorite event, or do you think it's like gotten better over time, like some of the changes that they've made, or what do you think? Yeah, yeah it's always been my favorite event. And I think the, late, the newest changes are really good, and I think we'll discuss about them later, right? Yeah, we'll talk about some of those changes and, and how that might impact things going forward. Right, right. And I can say I, I like Grand Conquest 2. I didn't really like it that much. The, the first time I liked it because it was something new. The few times after that, I was kind of bored with it and thought uh, they, they kept making changes to make it easier, which was making it too easy for me. But I think the most recent time, I really enjoyed the changes that they made adding the hardest version of the Infernal maps where... Uh, the your foes are warping on the map. Yeah, yeah, I think that made it more challenging and more fun for me. And I really, really enjoyed my favorite addition was the army rank rewards, which oh yeah, this is the best change. Yeah, it incentivized me not just to play like all my lances all at once and just forget about the game mode for the the last five days of it. So, mm-hmm. so we'll talk a little bit more uh, about th- those things. Uh, as we go on with the podcast here. Right. We, ha- we had a couple of questions that we thought were like frequently asked questions that some of our listeners might wonder about. And you had asked if there was any sort of way that people get to choose what team they join, like between Alphonse and Sharena and Anna. And as far as I can tell, it's completely random. And, yeah. and there's no, you know, if, if you are trying to figure out which you need to go into Grand Conquests, and take a look and see if it says that you're on, it should either say Alphonse's army, Sharena's army, or Anna's army. Yeah, you can, you can tell by the color of your, your screen at the top. Yeah, exactly. And all the teams get reassigned at the start of each battle. So you can change teams, at, like you can change to three different teams uh, or three different rounds. Right, and you might get like Team Anna all three times or you might switch up each time. You just have to come back and check every two days to find out which team you're on. Yeah. Why don't we go through some tips before people enter battle? Some of the things that people can do well uh, before they enter into the Grand Conquest maps themselves uh, to increase their likelihood of success in the game mode. And then we can talk a little bit later about some gameplay tips inside the game mode itself and what might help somebody uh, get as many points as possible when they're playing the maps. And then maybe towards the end of this episode, we can talk a little bit about uh, maximizing all of these advantages to try to get as many rewards from this game mode as possible. Does that sound all right with you? Yeah, that sounds good. 
So two things that really stand out to me as being important. Uh, the first is choosing a lead unit to help your friends out because uh, ever since this game mode started, we've been able to see how many times you've been hel you've helped your friends. Your lead unit has helped your friends. And basically, when your lead unit helps your friends, when you get one of those counters in your friend list, that just means that you have a friend that brought your unit uh, in their brigade. And it doesn't necessarily even mean that they use them or that they were even deployed, but that's what that means. So if, if, you, if your numbers are lower than you want them to be and you want your friends to use your units more, do you have any suggestions about either specific units or movement types or any sorts of lead units that you might prioritize in setting as your lead unit so your friends might want to use them? Well, uh, as for choosing your leads, I think the most important thing is to look at the current bonus unit types on the map because for each different uh, battle, there will be different bonus unit types like infantry bonus, armor bonus, uh, horse bonus or flyer bonus. So uh, I think one of the most important things are the merge levels of our units because I, I, I'm sure most people prefer to choose like a plus 10 unit compared to an unmerged unit. So so prior, so I think you should prioritize uh, putting your highly merged units as your leader. And don't forget the Inferno plus enemies also get booster stats. So stats are very important for uh, Grand Conquest. Yeah, so really, really highly merged units are probably more helpful for your team as well as you're more likely to have your friends maybe use some of them as well. And then your other point was looking at the, uh, you know, the units with bonuses that each uh, battle that lasts two days has one specific movement type that gets some sort of either stat boosts or can follow up attack or something like that. And it rotates for every battle. And so there's actually a pattern with the order that these go in. And I don't know if everybody knows what that pattern is, but uh, this can maybe help you to set your your lead unit in advance so you don't have to be on like the moment that Grand Conquest gets started. And the pattern is this, that uh, it's the same one that happens with the rival domain schedule. The first one is infantry. The second in in this rotation is armor. The third is cavalry. And the fourth is flyers. And it doesn't always start with infantry. It always starts with the one that they left off on on these four units. So thinking back to the last Grand Conquest game, we had infantry, armor, and cavalry. So this time around, the first bonus units should be flyers, right. and then infantry, and then armor units. And it always continues in that rotation from where they left off last time. So it looks like you won't have a cavalry bonus this time around. Yeah, so there's not going to be any cavalry bonus, so hopefully you weren't help your friends out with. But even if you were, if you have a really <laughs> strong cavalry unit, do you think like if, if you have a friend that has a really strong unit that's not currently a bonus unit, would you consider using that person's unit or would you pass them up just because it's not the right movement type? Uh, actually, for my own brigade, I don't really, uh, I don't really change up my brigade. I, I use only like two brigades for my uh, Grand Conquest runs. And my, my brigade is con mainly consists of cavalry units because I, pri I prioritize offense over defense. Okay, so even even if it's not uh, the cavalry bonus, then you still would tend to go with the cavalry units in your brigade? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, unless the maps is a lot of uh, trench tiles. Then I'll change the infantry units. Yeah, I, I found in the last uh, Grand Conquest that 
my cavalry units did so well during the cavalry bonus one that I kind of wondered what I was doing using other units sometimes just because they were so good. <laughs> but they did get those extra stats during the the round that they were the bonus units for. So that's interesting to hear. And so maybe for you, it doesn't even matter what your friends are going to put out because maybe you've already chosen your brigades ahead of time and you're not going to update uh, your friend units each time. Is that right? No, actually, I, I update my friend unit right before the Grand Conquest starts. But ever since the last Grand Conquest, I haven't updated my friend list yet. Got it. So my brigade has been the same. Yeah, and one thing that happens, and you probably know this, is that when you update your friends, if if you've unfriended anybody or if they've unfriended you since the last time you clicked on update, then you'll lose them from the list of units you can choose. Even if you're not friends with someone anymore, but you were the last time you hit update friends, then you'll still have their units to use. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. And also, if somebody's like updated their units since the last time that... Uh, that you've hit update friends, then you can continue using their old units. And it's sometimes that's frustrating for me because I can't tell if someone is using my, my lead that I have currently or... Yeah, they, they don't really tell you <laughs> which lead you are, which is your friends are using. So, so I'm curious, uh, how, how many friends have you helped up in your account? I, I think mine is around like 7,500. 7,000, oh, okay. that's pretty high. What about for you? Do you, do you happen to know offhand? Uh, yeah, I have a lot. I have... I think yesterday I checked, I, had, I just hit like 10,000 wow. friends help. Wow, that is a lot. Yeah, I, I, I have no idea why I have so much. <laughs> yeah, you must have a lot of friends using your unit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Cool. Well, so those, and, and some thoughts that I have about movement types. So definitely putting a, a, a unit that is currently the bonus unit is something that I look for uh, in selecting friends units on my team. And I think you want to be like pretty early with it too, because as you're saying, you know, I go in at the beginning of Grand Conquests at the beginning of each round and I update my friend's units and I might not go back in for the rest of the round to look at, you know, update friend's units. So it can definitely be helpful if you plan ahead and you know the bonus that's going to be coming up and setting a unit that you think is going to be helpful as soon as possible at the beginning of each round, in my opinion. That's that's kind of what I might look for. Yeah, that's true. I, I usually build my brigade about an hour or two before the, the round starts. So that's the only time I update my friends. Because I don't want my friend who needs to keep changing. Then, uh, then I'll be confused about their skills and everything. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of the same for me, too. Yeah, yeah. So that's something I look for, and looking for highly merged units can be helpful. And one thing that you know, might be cooler for me to try out than some other things is if you have a unit with a, uh, like a, a refinement for a legendary weapon and they're pretty well merged up, then I might want to try out that unit if I, if I don't have them or if I haven't given a unit that refinement myself. So even if it's like a three-star available unit like Erica or Felicia, then that might be more appealing to use that than like a five-star unit with maybe just like one or two merges that I already have that unit for. Just yeah, good points. So those are some thoughts about about like setting leads and maybe how you can get more people to use your leads. Uh, but another thing to think about is what are some skills that you think are better in Grand Conquest than maybe they are in some other game modes like in the arena or uh, other PvE modes? All right. So the best skill for Grand Conquest, in my opinion, is Guild Force. Oh, okay. Because... Uh, 
Yeah, because the uh, because I think offense is very important for Grand Conquest. So nearly all my units in Grand Conquest has Guild Force. And also a very important skill is Wings of Mercy, as usual, for offense. So uh, like all my reinforcement units, all of them have Wings of Mercy. Yeah, I, I agree with you that I think those are the two skills that gain the most value in the game in Grand Conquest as compared with any other game mode. It's so helpful. So I would probably rate Wings of Mercy as a skill that I use more. Oh. Um, and it's a little bit more available just because when, especially when you, if you have some units of yours get killed in gameplay, to get reinforcements back up to the line, you might really need uh, a unit to be able to warp across the map. So that's really helpful. But I agree that, that Gale Force is a fantastic skill and you know those two skills if if i have a friend with those two skills or even just one of those skills on a unit then i'm also more likely to use a lead unit with those skills yeah yeah and and also one, one important thing for the unit to have is the way to reduce their cooldown like heavy blade or flashing blade if not they will never activate guild force yeah that can be helpful too like whatever seal they use potentially can be important yeah and another thing that really is a pet peeve of mine is if uh if i'm using a friend's unit and they don't have a movement assist skill oh, that's if true. they have a, a rally or a dual rally assist skill that can be so frustrating even though those dual rally skills are really helpful in the arena for scoring they're really not all that helpful in in these really large map game modes so it is kind of unfortunate when somebody has a rally skill as their assist slot or if they don't have anything at all then that's a big problem <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes that happens. I have no idea why. <laughs> so those are some of the skills that, you know, those two skills, I think, are the two that gain the most in Grand Conquests. Um, what about in terms of building your brig brigades when you're, you know, before the game mode starts? What are some things that you like to think about uh, to build your brigades? So, uh, actually, how, how many units are in a brigade? Uh, it should be 20, right? Yeah, 20, right? 20, yeah. So, so the first 8 units are the most important because they are your lead units. So for my first 8 units, I have uh, I have a lot of cavalry units. Uh, for the first 4 are cavalry units. And then I have 1 tank unit, which is usually a dragon. Uh, 1 unit to do uh, AoE damage with Savage Blow and 2 magic users to take down armors. And the goal is to quickly capture the first 1 or 2 mid-map forts. What about you? So for me, when I do vary things up a little bit, depending, so I have five different brigades uh, at the moment, and I have one for each movement type. So I have an infantry brigade, I have a cavalry brigade, an armor brigade, and a flyer brigade. And for each one of those, I no matter what the brigade is, I have a, a dancer in my first eight units, and that's always uh, flying Olivia because I think she's so useful. Oh. The, so the fifth brigade that I have is just my 20 best units. Uh, and it's just like mixed. Uh, oh, your, your own units. Yeah, it's just the 20 best units that I have. Okay, okay. Um, and it's it's mixed. So the in the mixed brigade, the units that I have, in addition to flying Olivia, I have Murr. Mm -hmm. And I also, let's see, I'm a little surprised. They also have Fae, the green dragon Fae, and Noe. Yeah, but I actually find that they die quite easily in Inferno Plus. For the dragons, you mean? Yeah, for the dragons. So for me, I will tend to use dragons uh, in Inferno Plus. I will look at the uh, 
the enemy, like where the enemy can go on the first turn. And I will look very carefully and try to put my units on specific spaces uh, that only like one unit is going to be able to hit them at and they'll be able to tank that hit. Uh, so like two tiles away from the fort, uh, something like that. Yeah, so, so that's one strategy that you can take at the beginning of Grand Conquest is to try to tank some hits. But I think, you know, I think you mentioned how a really offensive strategy is one that you might prefer to take. Yes, yes. And I would actually agree that the offensive strategies tend to work better. So my number one goal at the beginning of a Grand Conquest map is to also try to take one of the enemy, uh, what do they call them? It's the fortress and the camps. So I guess it's the camps are the ones that you can take without ending the game mode. Yes. So I, I try to take one of the camps if I can on the very first turn. And so I have some other units that will help me do that, including Legendary Lucina with Future Vision. She can help out a lot with that. I also have uh, Brave Lynn and the Blue Mage Reinhardt. So between those three units and Flying Olivia as my dancer, those are the four units that I try to use to take an enemy camp on the first turn if I can. So I don't, I don't go for the first turn uh, camp. I think that's a little bit too hard. I usually take the first camp by turn two or three. Yeah, and you know it depends on what units you have and what skills they have and the merge level and everything like that. That can make a big difference. That's true. Uh, but just trying later is going to be advantageous. Uh, certainly, that's that's one of the the most important strategies. I think is to try to take a camp quickly. And of course, you don't want to take the fortress quickly. Uh, if you take the fortress before you take all of the camps, then you'll be missing out on points. And if you haven't gotten 20 KOs yet, when you take the fortress, you'll also be missing out on some points there. Yeah. So around what turn do you, do you usually reach the enemy's fortress? On what turn? Well, it, it really can depend on the map that you use, I think. You know, and, and the maps really change up. They seem to add 27 new maps every time we get a new Grand Conquests game mode so yeah that's true you know i think a while ago like maybe a, a two two or three grand conquests ago it it might have been a pretty close call most of the time and it might take me to like eight nine or ten and it might be a pretty close call on the infernal modes but i would say in the last mm -hmm. one i was i was strategizing a lot more about the specific maps that i would actually play on and that helped me take a lot of take helped me take the fortress a lot sooner. And there were times where I could be like surrounding it by turn five or six, and I would just be waiting for some more enemies to pop up so I could get enough KOs, like to get all twenty KOs there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. What about for you? Do, what turn do you say? Like, would you say that you normally are around the fortress? Yeah, I think by turn five or six, you should you should start attacking their main fortress. And that's, that's the turn where my def debuffers usually spawn for my reinforcements. Uh. And, and if by turn 7 or 8 I still haven't reached the fortress, that probably means I'm being overwhelmed by the enemy. And that's, that's quite bad. Yeah, and sometimes you just have to make the most. Like if you, if you see that you're not going to take the fortress or, or you're like nowhere close and it's getting later in the game mode, then you might just need to make sure that you hold whatever camps that you have as many points as you can rather than trying to go for the fortress and maybe losing some camps and and you might not get any points or you know not as many as you would have if you just held the camps that you had. Yeah, that's true. I think I also, I also want to mention that sometimes you have to purposely kill your own units so that the appropriate reinforcements will spawn for you. 
Yeah, you mean in terms of anticipating which reinforcements you have? Yeah, yeah, because you know you you know which like you know the order of your brigade, so you know which units are gonna come next. So you can like purposely kill off some of the weaker units so that your stronger units can come and take over the enemy forts. Yeah, that's a possibility. I, I personally I try to put some of my strongest units first. Um, but that doesn't mean you don't want to put all your strong units and then you don't have any units that are good enough after that. Otherwise, you can't lose any units and, and still maybe beat the map. So you will have to think about, you know, interspersing your good units with other units that maybe aren't as good. And another thing that's really important to think about is the color of the units that you have. You don't want too many units of the same color back to back. That's true. It's helpful if you have different colors, like kind of alternating in your brigades. And another thing that's really important is I find it's important to switch off between melee units and ranged units because there's nothing more frustrating than surrounding the enemy fortress and you only have melee units and you don't have any ranged units that might be able to swoop in and get a hit on the enemy fortress. Mm, yeah, that's, that's very true. So, so what's the most scary unit that you have faced on the enemy fortress? Like when you just sit on the defense tower. It's always when people are using armor units and they're just standing on the fortress. So like a Sheena, uh, like Sheena with her huge mixed bulk. And mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to think of if there's any others. I, th I feel like legendary Hector, I faced him a couple times where he's just standing on top of the fortress or a camp. Yeah. What about for you? Yeah, that's true. Um, my most scariest units are, like you mentioned, legendary Hector and also uh, dragons like Noe or Grima. Especially when all my like dragon slayers are dead, and it's really really hard to get them off the the fortress. Yeah, it, that's the hardest thing in the game. Sometimes is when they have a really tanky unit. Just the, the stat benefits of that. Yeah, that's why some of my reinforcements have uh, effective weapons as well, so I can I, I can kill units who are standing in the fortress. Okay, yeah, that's a good call. And I always try to make a lot of my reinforcements as, like you don't have to think too much about Wings of Mercy on your initial units, but Wings of Mercy is really important for a lot of your reinforcements, especially the yeah, that's true. either the first couple of reinforcements. It might be helpful, but especially down the road with your later reinforcements, if they don't have Wings of Mercy, they might just get shut out of the battle and not be able to catch up to wherever the, the fight is taking place. Yeah, they just they just get stuck at the, at the, at the camps. Yeah, exactly. If you if you have your own camps, and then even if you take if you've taken an enemy camp or two, uh, then they might get stuck there as well and be too far away from the fortress to make it there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So those are some good tips about you know lead units and building brigades. Uh, what about choosing a map? Is there anything that stands out to you as far as which map to fight on? Which you know how should somebody choose which map to fight on? So uh, I think that's a very important point. I think there's two two different points here. F fighting on a map that benefits your team versus fighting on a map that benefits yourself. And what do I mean by that? So fighting on a map that benefits your team is like fighting on those important choke points where there's a lot of like branches extending out. And those maps are usually very highly contested. And I mean, in my experience, I think those maps are also pretty hard to fight in. And fighting on a map that benefits yourself is are like maps uh, around at the corner area where people don't really fight for them and those easier maps where you can clear in like turn 4 or 5 so I think for me personally I prefer fighting on the map that benefits myself because I prefer getting my army rank up 
uh, I don't really fight in those like very highly contested areas. What about you? Yeah, so I have to admit, I was pretty selfish in the last, uh, well, so th in the last Grand Conquest that we had, where we had the army rank in the first two battles, the first four days, I waited for most of my battling until the last like two hours or so in the last round of battle. And I did try to battle in places that were going to help my team there. But I have to say that in the last round, I found some maps that I was really e easily able to beat in just a, like four or five turns most of the time, very consistently with my yeah, cavalry yeah. units. And once I found those maps that were like I, I had a good set strategy for, I just kept choosing those same maps over and over again. So apologies to uh, whichever out realm I was in. <laughs> Um, we probably didn't do quite as well in the end as we could have if I saved some of my, <laughs> my lances later and battled somewhere that actually mattered. But Yeah, that's what I try to do as well. It is sometimes funny. Other people are prioritizing battling in the same place over and over again. They're earning tens or hundreds of thousands of points in the same place, and you can see where they're battling. And yeah, you can see that unit alone there with like 100,000 points. Yeah, and, and their <laughs> units like standing on top of that square on the map. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it is a little bit of a decision point, and we'll talk just a little bit about maximizing feathers and like whether you should choose one or the, one or the other of those strategies uh, in just a bit. Mm -hmm. So one thing I wanted to ask you is in like every two hours, and this might be switching to every four hours because uh, so we haven't mentioned the new changes yet coming in the Grand Conquest that's starting in just a few hours. Right. But. In the new Grand Cut, instead of uh, battles, or I guess rounds, I keep mixing up those terms, but the rounds are like the... They're switching from being every two hours to lasting for four hours. Yeah. And I noticed that at the beginning of every round, it says help out, and there's like this little thing you can tap on your phone. Yes. Do you know what that does or like how that impacts the gameplay at all? Right. So you can help out once per round, so every four hours. And when you help out, you get a, a minus a minor bonus item like uh, I think you can get crystals and arena medals. They don't really matter that much. And when you help out the, it, you you will help out a randomly selected area that you can fight in, and and it boosts the co-op bonus for that area. So like it is the, so when you like when your teammates fight in that map, they get more points essentially. Yeah, and it seems to, I think it helps like your allies too when they're battling there. It like multiplies it by a small percentage of what you earn on that map, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you have a lot of active players, uh, your score will multiply quite a bit. Yeah, and it, it gives you a sense for how many people on your team are playing at any given moment. If you add up all the armies for each team, you can, you can kind of check that out. And it's kind of yeah, unfortunate yeah. that you don't get to choose where your help out army goes. Because I think that could be interesting. There might be some strategy to it. It could help communicate things to your team about where they should be battling. But whatever. At least it's uh, there's something that gives you these really small rewards. A lot of the time that aren't even uh, a type of currency in the game that you'd even want. But oh well. <laughs> At least we get something. Yeah, I mean arena medals. <laughs> I have like thousands of them. Yeah, you get like one stamina potion or 50 shards. It's like ridiculously pitiful yeah. uh, in terms of what we actually get, but oh well. <laughs> I think during the first Grand Conquest, they actually gave off feathers for that. But I think they stopped doing that already. I think they still do that, but I think it's really? only 50. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I'm not sure about it, but even no matter what it is, it's it's something that you could earn in 
rival domains by farming in like you know a couple minutes or <laughs> imagine if they could give out ops from there so anyway thanks for uh thanks for helping me out with what the help out button does you were just like crom there and you were very helpful <laughs> <laughs> Yes, so very I, a little bit about gameplay tips. I want to talk just a little bit about my strategy. I've already mentioned a little bit of this, and maybe you have some things to add to this too. But we've already talked about this a bit before itself. Once you're actually playing the maps, there's two strategies that I try to take. And the, the first is that I, I see if I can hit an enemy fort on the first turn, especially with some of my cavalry ranged units. Uh, by trying to use a dancer, by trying to use movement skills. I try to put all those things together to see if I can hit any of the enemy camps at all. And if I am, and I might even be able to take it on the first turn or in the first couple of turns with a strategy, then I'll try to implement that. But if I'm not able to do that or to get anywhere close, secondary strategy is to get my tank units out and to try to position them just right so especially if I'm playing on the harder infernal mode where enemies might be warping, you need to be really careful about the enemy ranges uh, and how far they can go because it might not be how far they can move from wherever they are directly, but they might warp and then attack. So the second like backup strategy of mine is that I try to put my tank units on very specific places where they're going to be able to take one or maybe two units at the most that they have the color advantage over and hopefully be able to survive that. But in general, I think it's it's better strategy in general to be taking units out on the enemy side uh, in the player phase because uh, your units and the enemy units regenerate after their own player phase. So after yes. your player phase is when your reinforcements come back. After the enemy's player phase or your enemy phase, that's when the enemies reinforcements come back so if you put an enemy phase unit out and tank the entire team of the other team then as, as long as you're not standing on any of their regeneration spaces around their fortress they'll get four units back right after you tank them in the enemy phase yeah that's that's quite disheartening when you see that happen <laughs> yeah so unlike the arena where you know skills like distant counter and quick repost are some of the strongest skills in the game. It's not that they're not strong in Grand Conquests, but they're a little bit less useful. And I think player phase strategy is a little bit more advantageous in Grand Conquest as opposed to some other game modes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Do you have any other thoughts of, about like how you progress through uh, Grand Conquest or any other tips about like how to win in few turns? Uh, I think I already mentioned most of my strategy, which is mainly uh, player phase style. Uh, so, so uh, I think the, really the most important thing is like uh, make make sure the enemies don't overwhelm you. Like, like make sure you at least capture the first camp within like the first two or three turns. If not, it becomes really really hard to start attacking the enemy, especially since their reinforcements. Like every, every turn, there's four reinforcements, so you must kill at least four enemies to to make like, like to weaken the enemy team. Yeah, I think that's sound advice. Um, and, and also one more very important thing is to protect your dancer mm. because you only have one dancer so that's like your queen piece so make sure your dancer doesn't die yeah your dancer and any other units that are really strong or that you've like fully merged if you have a couple of fully merged units then it might be more important mm. to keep some of those units alive even if it means not taking out enemy uh, with that unit yeah so 
one other thing that I wanted to mention that is, it, it can sometimes be difficult to do, but it, it's, I think, a really good strategic move is that people should know that the enemy always prioritizes attacking one of your camps or forts if they are able to. Even if they're able to kill one of your units, then they prioritize attacking the fort or the camp if they can. And because of that, sometimes you can use that to your advantage. Either you can take, even if you're not able to hold it, then the enemy is going to prioritize up to two units movements on the next turn to try to take back that camp. And that might allow your unit to survive. Another way you can use this to your advantage is if a camp that you've already taken, then you can attack with your units and you can leave your camp unprotected if only one unit is in range for the enemy to be able to hit your camp, they can waste their turn hitting your camp as long as it might help you strategically in another way. You might not want to let them take your camp, but to hit it once doesn't do anything for them. So those are some strategies that are a little bit more advanced, but sometimes you might find they come in handy. Yeah, there's, there's no score penalty for, let, for letting your camps get weakened. So it's, it's fine to let the enemies just hit your camp once. Yeah, just be careful. If they if they hit it twice, then you need to have some sort of a plan for how to get it back. And it might hurt your ability to units on the map because you won't be able to warp to that camp anymore until you take it back. Yeah, and the enemies will walk to that camp and protect it once they capture it. Units, like their tankiest unit, they'll take a camp and then they'll warp their tankiest unit on there. And that can be really frustrating. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially when you're like poised to take out the fortress and then the enemy suddenly capture one of the camps. And then you need waste turns to get back that camp. Yeah. <laughs> yep, and then you might not even get it back. Yeah, that's true. Although that's never happened to me. Huh? I don't know whether it happened to people. So let's talk a little bit about the tiers in Grand Conquest. You know, there's uh, you start off on tier one. This is different than arena tiers. Uh, Grand Conquest has their own tier system from one to 25. Right. And I was wondering if you had any advice to help people get up as high as possible to either tier 25 or at least as high as they can possibly get. What Do you have any tips to help some of our listeners get high up in the tiers? So for myself personally, I only play on uh, the hardest difficulty available. So usually I play on Inferno Plus and I, I have no problem getting to GC tier 25. I think around near the end of uh, the second battle, I already reached uh, tier 25. And with like five or six dancers left, and from my exp- like from what my friends tell me, if you auto battle lunatic, and using all your conquest dancers, you should be able to get to around uh, GC tier twenty one to twenty two, depending on how well your team plays. And that gets you most of the rewards in the game mode. You'll miss out on I think like one orb and a couple of uh, sacred coins, and maybe like a conquest lance or two. Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't really have that much time to play, then you can just auto-battle Lunatic. It's quite easy to auto-battle that more. Right? Yeah, so that's a good tip. If you're not hoping to spend that much time in this game mode, if you don't really like it that much, then auto-battling is definitely a way to go there to still try to get as many rewards as you can. Yeah. Um, so a couple of thoughts that I have about trying to uh, improve. I agree with you. You want to try to battle at the hardest difficulty that you can. And sometimes just because you might not be able to completely beat a difficulty and take the enemy's fortress, 
that doesn't necessarily mean that you don't want to to battle on that difficulty level because sometimes just holding all of the camps if you can take all of the enemy camps and hold them and get 20 kills on a map then sometimes that scores higher than um, on, a, on a harder difficulty than it would completely beating a lower down difficulty so something for people to consider there yeah if you get 20 kills and capture one camp on inferno plus you score more compared to inferno if i'm not wrong yeah and and so one thing i was i was really trying to optimize my my stamina usage the last time in grand con they change they tinker around with how the game works every single time we'll have to see but the last time around, I was trying to see exactly how many stamina points I had to use in this game mode, because you know how at the beginning of the game mode, you can only play on normal and hard difficulty. Yeah. And they, they lock out people from playing on Lunatic or Infernal until they get to, uh, for Lunatic, you have to get to tier four. And to get on Infernal, you have to get to tier eight. So I was noticing that you have to spend exactly seven uh, stamina points, not, not seven whole lances, like conquest lances, but seven of those, uh, like a seven times boost on hard. Uh, if you score perfectly, then that will perfectly unlock uh, Lunatic. And oh, it's not that okay. far off. If you just want to use the eight times boost, you're not going to really waste that much in terms of points. <laughs> it's not really a big deal if you want to go with the eight times boost, but just wanted to let you know it is actually seven points will unlock that if you score perfectly on hard for your first battle. And then to get up to Lunatic, you need exactly uh, 16 points of stamina. So it's two, uh, eight, two eight times boosts will get you perfectly uh, if you score perfectly on Lunatic, it will get you perfectly to unlock Infernal. If you're trying to completely optimize your Grand Conquest scoring, if you're not scoring perfectly on these on these modes, then it's not that big of a deal to you. Just do your best on whichever difficulty you can play on. Yeah. So I wanted to mention that. Uh, and then, you know, just trying to go on the hardest difficulty that you can, where it's still enjoyable for you to play that way to go. And as long as you're checking in, on Grand Conquests and not letting the stamina that naturally regenerates go to waste. Uh, you just have to check in once every eight hours and that will work. Another thing that you want to do is when you spend uh, a stamina lance, when you spend all of, like when you spend a stamina lance and it regenerates your stamina, then that resets the, the stamina countdown. So if you spend a Conquest lance and you were down to five minutes before you could battle again, then you're going to waste those 55 minutes you were waiting for the next stamina point to regenerate. So if you're really trying to optimize your scoring, then you might want to wait till the countdown gets back up, you know, just go, crosses over the threshold, goes back up to 60 minutes, play the game mode, and then spend your stamina lance, your conquest lance. Yeah, that's true. So just an... Another thought for people, because it is kind of frustrating when you wait 50 minutes or 55 minutes, and then finally that goes to waste. Yeah, because the stamina lenses regenerate so slowly compared to the regular stamina. So try not to waste them too much. Yep, exactly. Good yeah. advice. And then what about, do you have any tips for how to get as many feathers as possible from this game mode? So people who want all the rewards, what should they be doing? Right, so there's two different feather rewards for Grand Conquest. So for the first one, which is the easier one, for high army rank, I will recommend you to play the highest difficulty you can. And if you can, 
play only Inferno Plus modes and try to win as many matches as possible. Uh, make sure to get all your conquest lenses from all the new quests. And, and for the army ranking, try to go for a safe third place rather than pushing for first place so you can save your lenses for the later rounds. Do you agree? Yeah, so I was keeping very close track last time around of how many points everybody earned and how many, you know, how many stamina lances people seem to spend. And there's no question that people spent the most stamina in the last round. So that's important to consider because, you know, you don't, if you, you can either choose to take a different strategy, you can spend more stamina in the first two rounds and maybe do better. And then just know that you're not going to do as well in the third round. Or you can try to match the strategy that most other people do and try to do it just a little bit better. If you're, if you're able to get a lot of points in the hard infernal mode, then maybe you can kind of outsmart people with, with the, the strategy that most people go with. So my advice for trying to do well in the army rank is to try to wait to spend most of your lances that you're going to spend until the last few hours. The reason for that is... You mean the last few rounds? Yeah, last few hours or the right. last few rounds or the last few like rounds of each battle. Because if you spend, like let's say you, you want to get it all out of the way in the first couple of rounds, then you might spend way too many lances and you might outscore people by 100,000 points if you spend all your lances at the beginning. And that's wasted, uh, wasted lances that you spent. So wait to see what other people do. And if you can battle pretty quickly, then wait till the end and try to, to get as many points as you can towards the end of the game mode, as opposed to trying to get them all and letting people, you'll just be watching people catch up to you the whole time uh, and they might just pass you and you might not be able to, to keep going from there. So, Yeah, that's true. Another thought is look at the, the ranges of the, of the army rankings because it's like one through three earn the same rewards and four through 10 earn the same rewards. You don't get anything by being number four as a, anything different by being four or 10. So, you know, as long as you don't think anybody's going to overtake you and make you fall down a set of rewards, then try to go towards the bottom of each uh, threshold of rewards. There's no reason to keep battling to get like number four. You really don't get anything there. Yeah, in my experience, usually the only the top 10 places are contested. Like, the, the top 10 will be like a few hundred K, and then the 11 will be like less than 100 K. Yeah, so as long as you're checking in every once in a while, and you're you know using all of the stamina or most of the stamina and doing pretty well in either Lunatic or one of the Infernal modes, you should be able to score pretty well. Uh, and just keep track of what other people are doing, and that'll help you get a sense for how many lances you need to spend in each round. Yeah, so how do you get feathers for high area count? So this is a little bit trickier for the high area count, and there's two reasons why. First, because they're updating that for uh, this this new Grand Conquest mode that's coming. Uh, and so we'll have to think about mm -hmm. that, and I'll mention how they're updating that in just a second. And then the second way that this is difficult is because it feels a lot of the time to me like the area count is sometimes outside of your control because there's you know hundreds of other people playing in your out realm. Uh, whatever you do might not have any impact on how many areas uh, your team gets. So, uh, so let me explain a little bit about how the area count is going to be changing with the Grand Conquest that's coming out in just a few hours. And from what I'm expecting, it seems like at the end of every four-hour round, they're going to be tallying up how many 
territories Alphonse, Sharena, and Anna has. And you're going to be getting either zero, one, two, or three points based on how many territories that uh, your team has. So, yeah. So I think it's zero if you have what is it fewer than five territories? Yeah, one to four. And then it's points. one if your team has between five and nine, two if your team has between 10 and 14. And if your team is doing really well at the end of a four hour round, you'll get the maximum of three points. So for the area count, what it's going to do is it's going to be like a boxing scorecard. And after every four hour round, it's going to tally up how many uh, different areas you have. And it's going to give you the corresponding number of points for each round. And so it's going to add up those point values after every four hour round uh, at the end of the game mode. But in addition to that, it is also going to count how many territories you have uh, in the final round. And that's going to be one point per territory that your team has. It adds those points together. And I don't think we actually know how it's going to convert the number of points you have yet, your team has yet, into how many feathers or rewards you get yet. But uh, yeah, we don't it, know. Yeah, we should know that in just a couple hours. The more points that your team gets, the more feathers I assume that we're going to get. Um, and so it's going to be a nice reward here that instead of just rewarding teams who do well in the very end, it's going to help teams that maybe use all of their. Uh, stamina lances in the beginning or in the middle of the game mode so it doesn't matter how the battle ends up it's not about the war it's about individual battles throughout the war i mean the end is still the most important because they count for the most but the middle parts are also pretty important now because uh, i think the middle parts are where people don't play that much so it's very easy to capture an area during those times and also because they make each round last longer four hours Knockouts are very, very important now. So make sure that the key areas for your team don't get knocked out. We might get into some issues here where, uh, you know, this happened before in the two-hour rounds that maybe people would face a situation where every territory that they could possibly battle in was a knockout. Yeah. And they might not have anywhere they could battle at all. And I imagine that's going to be more likely now with four-hour rounds. If you're waiting to use lances to the end of a round, it's possible, especially in the last few rounds now, that you might get into a situation where you can't, uh, can't use any of your lances. So you might get locked out from being able to play at all. And I think they might need to, you know, based, we'll see how this works out this time around, but they might need to do something to change that in the future because it's not going to be any fun if you're entering into this game mode and you can't play at all. Uh, so if you have a lot of uh, lances that you have to spend, I would recommend you to start playing near the beginning of each four-hour round to avoid all areas being knocked out. Yeah, unfortunately, the, the four-hour rounds, I'm not sure if I'm happy about that change because of that reason, uh, because we might find a lot more knockouts and being locked out because of knockouts. Um, yeah. So I don't think knockouts are really good strategy most of the time because it means your team has scored way too much to get one territory, but it, it's a little bit better now than it was before they made some of these changes. Oh, I think it's way more important now. This is four hours. Yeah, and a lot of people, I know that the previous optimal strategy was to wait till the last couple of rounds to begin battling at all or using any lances yeah. at all. And now I think because there's a lot fewer rounds that it, 
you know, you mentioned the middle rounds might be more important. I think the first couple rounds might be more important too now that if your team starts off really bad, they might not be able to recover if, uh, you know, depending on how the, how the match goes. Yeah, that's true. So returning back to our point on how to maximize your feather gains for high area count, I think the most important thing if you want to maximize your feather, if you want to make your team play well, is to try and help out every round if possible. And the second thing you want to do is to hold all the choke points for your team. Like those choke points are those uh, areas with two or three branches branching out. And those, those areas are always, always very, very highly contested. And also, if you're having a very long play session, like, you know, going for third or second place, I, I think you'll be able to solo capture a key fort. And if you play perfectly for Inferno Plus modes uh, for seven times, you can actually just knock out an area by yourself. And, yeah. And as I said earlier, it's, that's very important, knocking out an area. So if you can do that, like, just on your own, it's going to benefit your team greatly. Yeah, and sometimes other people see what you're doing and they might join in too to try to help you out. Yeah, that's true. But usually people don't help me out. I just do it myself. <laughs> yep, you can definitely do that too. And yeah. it can be helpful to keep a close eye on the map because they update it every five minutes. It's uh, I think the first update in a new round is seven minutes into the round. And then after that, it's every five minutes. So it can, you know, if, mm. if you're looking at the game anyway, if you're playing Fire Emblem Heroes and, it, and you want to do well in this game mode, then you can keep a close eye on it and it can be fun to kind of watch the map change around and, and see what strategies other people are using to try to get points themselves. Yeah. Also, I have to mention, uh, if, if the round changes while you're still in the middle of the game, your points won't be counted. So make sure you can finish the map uh, quickly enough so that your, your stamina don't go to waste. Yeah, that's a really good point. You still get the benefit of the points, even if you finish late. It'll help you advance the, the Grand Conquest tiers. But you're right, it's not going to benefit your team at all. So uh, if you find, if you're looking at the time and a round is about to expire, then you might want to press auto battle and just have your team go as quickly as possible uh, to finish up the, the map there. But, you know, maybe that's one reason that the rounds have changed from being only two hours to four hours is people have that problem less often now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So anyway, I think we've covered a lot of ground in this episode on Grand Conquests and think we were pretty thorough on this. Uh, there are probably some other tips out there that other listeners might have that you might find helpful. Uh, if you do have any of those tips, you know, we invite you to reach out to us. And you can definitely uh, reach out to me at grepsteinfeh at gmail.com. Uh, and YX, how can listeners reach out to you and get in contact with you if they would like to? Uh, I think I'll leave my email in the show notes if they want to reach out to me. Okay, great. So I will put your email in the show notes. And of course, if you're interested in reaching out and contacting Phil, then you can reach him at theology at gmail.com. All three of us all at once by posting a message in our subreddit at r slash theology. And I know all three of us will be happy to get in touch with you at all hours of the day because we all occupy different time zones across the world. So... <laughs> Yeah, that's true. So at different times, we can each one of us might be able to help you out and give you some advice. So before we sign off today, is there anything else that you'd like to add uh, either about Grand Conquests or any other comments that you have for our listeners today, YX? 
no, I just want to wish everyone good luck in the upcoming Grand Conquest, and I hope you enjoy yourselves. Yeah, I think it's going... Is it uh, Judge Roll? Is that where we're going to be fighting this time around? Yeah, I think so. And just... Just to caution people who are listening before you jump to any conclusions that just the maps that they use don't have anything necessarily to do with the upcoming units that are going to be released. Although this time around, maybe it's a little bit different since we know the battle that's coming up. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, just wanted to throw that out there. And I'm also going to post a great resource in the show notes, a Grand Conquest basic guide that was posted on Reddit. Uh, that I think is very helpful and might help some of our listeners out too. The resource was created by a Redditor uh, that goes by the username of you slash imminently deadlined. And so I will post their username as well. Helpful. They have really nice (laughs) graphics and everything. And I recommend taking a look at it if you are interested in sitting down and reading about Grand Conquests. So Anyway, with that, I just want to thank everybody for listening today and just want to encourage you to schedule another appointment with your phaeologist real soon.